like I'll you know I, I mean like anything else I'll do it I'll, if I can get a, a badass marshal out of it okay Fuck like yeah, that's man. cool yeah but I'm not signing a fucking blood contract all right and he's like and then he's got like some lawyer right behind him who's like you sign this thing and you got to get in here and I'll oh I don't think dude. that dude can afford a lawyer right so it's dude the the whole thing I mean you know if it if it quacks like a duck you know that's what they say right so that's what they say. <laughs> Hey, how are you, sir? Episode 52. Dude, so on, on paper, we do one a week. This should be our one-year anniversary on paper. But on paper, it we should, missed a but couple it weeks. isn't. That's okay. We, we, missed, we missed like one week, and then we did three in one week. I see it's... Uh, well, that... Oh, that too. Yeah, we crammed that week. I forgot about yeah, that. We did, um, we did three in the NAM week. Well, May 4th, I think, is the official one year, so I'm getting stoked for that. Oh. Dude, badass. Well, yeah. we're, we'll have to celebrate a little bit somehow uh, in, in a socially distant way. Pop some pops or something. Pop some pops. Maybe get a little champs in the house. Yeah. I haven't Dude, had I haven't had in alcohol a in a minute. Good for you, man. That's it's great. been so long. I, I, I haven't had alcohol, off, caffeine, actually. or marijuana. No caffeine. That's what really gets me, man. You haven't had coffee. Yeah. it's you know, Well, I mean, you know, it's easy when you're not fucking working full time, but right. also it's just because of the whole anxiety thing. I, I have felt that it has been in my best interest to avoid it, but I'm <clears throat> now I feel like I'm sort of through the, <laughs> through the, through the dark side and, and I'm yeah. back to, to feeling pretty good. So, nice. you know, maybe it's time to make, make a pot of Joe one of these days. I've been thinking about it a lot because I fucking miss coffee. Do you have, do you have coffee at home? Like just in case you need to make some. I've got some beans. I mean, they're probably too old for like what eh, my normal preference would be, be at fine. this point, but I'll yeah. still grind them up i've I'll got a yeah we stocked up we stocked up on beans i didn't even realize man we went to the grocery store and i was like oh we have like four bags of coffee beans but then i looked at the expiration and it's like it's like december of 2021 i mean obviously they lose flavor over time and like yeah if you're a real <laughs> coffee snob you'll be like oh that's gross you know you got to make those but i'm like you know what it's better to just have it stocked away in the fridge i think so yeah and you can even freeze it too if you wanted yep. to yeah um sure. I, I mean and when i when i went real deep down my my coffee snobbery rabbit hole and got my fancy grinder and all that stuff all the information that i saw basically said that you want to have a roast date within two weeks but also we're in a fucking pandemic quarantine right now mm-hmm. so like it's not super easy to just acquire that granted i i'm lucky enough that i live <clears throat> close enough to dark matter and the yeah. roastery that i can just go pick up fresh and they've beans, stayed open they're they're still open yeah it's you know like i when i go for my my depression walks i'll go past there sometimes and see that they're, they do the like social distant thing where you can you know be in, in line but it's six feet apart and all that and pickups only you know obviously you can't go in there and sit what's down for the, a cup uh, or anything what's the dark matter on is that the one on grand that's right at the corner almost by your place like if you walk down no no so that's their it. chocolate shop yeah uh, i can't remember what it's called it's yeah chocolate something. i think it might the be called like the chocolate shop yeah it is i think the the mothership which is sort of the home base that's on the corner of chicago and western and this is super interesting mm-hmm. content for all of our non um north side of chicago listeners but then they also work with star lounge <clears throat> which is like yep. pretty much my favorite coffee Love shop star that's lounge. just a little bit further west on chicago they've also got a spot up north but the actual roast roastery i guess you call it <clears throat> is uh is there on chicago and western so you know just a couple blocks from me that's here. awesome yeah so you have coffee available but you haven't you haven't drank it Mm-mm. um <clears throat> that's good I'm, I'm having my first glass right now iced coffee it's delicious there you go man <clears throat> i hear some i hear some ice cubes are clanking yeah ice cubes are clanking i'll try to keep those out of the mic nah man the that's, time being. that's real shit that's right? just that's just part of the real shit yeah. <laughs> i'm also very hoarse i woke up with a really bad sore throat i don't know what's going on it's going away 
I just don't yeah. know, like, why would you wake up with an insane sore throat? Like, I didn't, I don't know. I didn't smoke a lot of weed last night or anything. So it could be. I mean, it could be a lot of things. You never know. Maybe, maybe you just snored in your sleep. And, you know, allergies for oh, sure. Oh, snoring. That's probably a big one. Yeah, man. Yeah, that'll dry you well, out. Well, dude, let's uh, let's just do the thing. Let's, let's get, get into, into the symphony it, here. I'm excited. Symphony of corrections. Um, no corrections as usual, but it's just kind of our catch-all mm-hmm. spot for all the stuff that we need to, to get into at the top here. Just your weekly reminder that cables are tone tubes. Damn right. Uh, you can check those out at tonetubesnotcables.com. And I have a note to myself here to tease the fact that we um, now have seafoam. Uh, is something that we're working with in our in our oh, uh, actual yeah. jacketing, which is which is beautiful. That's awesome. Uh, as well as we've been prototyping with some vintage connectors, and I believe I sent you a photo of of that. Yeah, yeah, I did see that. So, what's the story there? What's going on there? It's just like it's it's like a it looks like man. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just this big old gold honking, or I guess brass looking connector with like a instead of a normal heat heat jacket sort of around the the um sleeve and the um the connector portion it's got this you know those little like boing things that go on doors that are like a spring <laughs> yeah. thing yeah I do. it kind of exactly looks like one of those yeah uh, on there it's super cool it's a little it's really long so i don't think we would ever use it as like a main connector but it's, i'm glad that we're experimenting with it i think if anything we'll have like a vintage line or maybe that'll be like our acoustic cable or something like that oh, because cool. it is super cool and i really like it and it yeah. sounds great it's just a little it's more expensive first of all but also it's just it's a little more unwieldy i don't think it's 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 quite up to our snuff in terms of what we want as our is our main line right. but i'll also add that um good buddy stingray and partner in tone tubes uh he acquired our own heat shrink printer Whoa. so now we no longer have to rely on heat shrink companies to prototype our shrink because we're we're still trying to land on our final design and sure. our final logo and how everything lines up on there mm-hmm. and it's just been a real huge pain in the keister to have to like place separate orders anytime you want to do something like that so he found an awesome deal on a on a used one um so we can now quickly prototype our heat shrink and he's such i mean you know he's an audio engineer professional to begin with so like he's the kind of dude that has other uses for it but yeah. now he's just going to probably put like random heat shrink on everything he owns which is pretty <laughs> hilarious um i was so just yeah, trying to think of like on. i was trying to think like what other things could you heat shrink that you just you know for fun like you uh, name it man could you heat your shrink fingers your, your tuners Probably. I'm just, I'm looking at my guitar I don't guitar think you'd right want now. to. I'm like, you wouldn't want to, but you could. No, probably not. You probably could. <laughs> whatever whatever you want, man. They're your oats. Rubber casing. I love it, man. So yeah, Tone Tubes update. Cool. Uh, follow us, Instagram and Facebook. Subscribe, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Play. Uh, it's the site, as always, gearbudspodcast.com. And, and if you're looking for all the free stuff that companies are yeah. giving out right now, I've been updating that. You just go to gearbuds.com gearbudspodcast.com slash free dash stuff or just gearbudspodcast.com and click the link there and there's all that stuff sort of laid out for you a whole bunch of stuff to download for free yeah man we have a we have a hub of all things free regarding music on our website so i don't think hub hub i don't think many people are doing that right now so I, I haven't seen I actually I, I've seen uh, women's audio mission which is a, a really cool organization that it s- sort of supports women in the audio world I noticed that they started doing that but um, yeah. hey the more the merrier let's yeah. do it uh, speaking of companies stepping up I just wanted to call out a couple others right now that have been doing some cool stuff I noticed that Ernie Ball uh, are making face masks right now um, the cloth kind so yep. that's pretty cool they're you know repur- repurposing their facilities to to make masks for people and uh, for Froggy Fog, which is a company I, I was that. not familiar yeah, with. Yeah, I, I wasn't uh, either. They're I not making hand article. sanitizer. 
So okay. yeah, great man, that's beautiful. Yeah. Joining joining the ranks of some other folks stepping up in these times to help out where we can. Absolutely. Um, other thing, another thing that I'd like to to say that's pretty cool that's that's coming out of this right now are all the live streams that are going on. Yeah, it's it's I, awesome. I, yeah, dude, I know you uh, you checked out a Base Boy live stream the other day. You want to fill us in a little bit? Yeah, on Yeah, I can get into that. Sure. I took some notes actually because it was it was like two and a half hours long. I tapped out. They were actually wrapping up, and I'm like. You know, they were doing their, like, where can I find you type stuff, which, you know, all these guys are famous as shit. Um, but it was Victor Wooten. Um, there's a guy named Dave Maru- Maruvugiolo. He's a instructor at Berkeley. Oh, word. Um, guitar instructor. He teaches courses on guitars. There's actually a course at Berkeley called Pedalology. Did you know about okay. this? No, I did not. It's all things pedal. Like, they teach you basically from the, the history of pedals to how to put, you know, uh, which order to run your chain. I mean, it's it's a whole course. I'm like, this this is insane. I've never been to Berkeley or visited or know anybody who went there, but it's Dan Lou went there, brother. That's right. You're absolutely right. We don't he doesn't talk about that. Dan Lou's the kind of guy who doesn't like to talk about things like that, you know, like brag. That's true. I I don't know. It seems a little braggadocious to be like, I went to Berkeley for music. Everybody that I know that went to Berkeley um dropped out of Berkeley. So, you know. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. But I think that's that's like the old that's kind of the old joke about Berkeley is like you, it basically like if you graduated you did something wrong like you go to berkeley yeah. to drop out right but, right you know, to move on I, I, that was my dream that's where i wanted to go that's freaking awesome man yeah i i never even was a thought to me just because i wasn't you know like a musician from when i was like 12 years old or something but mm-hmm. it's it's awesome um so they have uh dave ellison was the bassist for uh he is the bassist megadeth, for Me- megadeth baby. dude yeah um, dude. so him and his drummer were there um i forget his drummer's name it's not the it's they've they've gone through yeah no no he's like i can't remember he's been there for a few years like four or five years now um really cool guy i think it was Vic something um steve bailey was like kind of the host so he's actually you know you know steve bailey mr Um, maiden yeah man i mean no you're thinking of steve harris he was i'm thinking uh, of steve harris wait who's steve bailey so steve bailey's like he's this he's this renowned bass player kind of in the world of like all things he first of all he teaches at Berkeley, um, but he's been a bassist forever. He's like friends with Victor Wooten. Um, he's got a signature bass from through Fender, but he's never been in like a band. Ah, uh, that's why I know the name. He's okay. got a six string fretless, which is a signature bass that Fender produces. Um, it's huge. Basically, if you're a bass player, you know who Steve Bailey is. He's just this sure. this crazy like renowned guy. He's in this book I have. Anyways, he's a. Um, He's a instructor at uh, Berkeley, so he kind of put this whole thing together. But most importantly and most exciting for me was uh, Justin Chancellor was there and Danny Carey were also there. Oh, badass. Tool, Um, baby. So I didn't know this. First of all, I did not know Justin Chancellor was British. I didn't either. Yeah, dude has a hardcore English accent, man. It's awesome. Yeah, so it makes him even even cooler than I thought originally. there was just some really cool tidbits, man. I took a ton of notes, to be honest. Like, we could probably do a whole podcast on it, but I'll just run through a few things. Yeah, give me a couple, um, couple two, three things here. You know, first of all, they, they, you know, they got into, like, what to do about COVID. You know, everyone was kind of like, where were you when COVID stroke? You know, and everybody was on tour. Like, so everybody was... Mm-hmm. Uh, Megadeth was actually in Italy when, it, like, the Italy thing started happening. So that was yeah. the last place they went, and they flew home, and they're like, oh, fuck, you know? Um, but, uh, you know, Tool was on their, their huge reunion tour. You know, I don't know if you were following. Yeah. But Tool got back together. To oh, do totally. And they put a new record out. New record. Um, so it was it was kind of interesting to hear about that. And then obviously Steve Bailey, from his perspective, he goes, you know, I'm an instructor at Berkeley. We've got to figure out a way because we we don't know how long this thing's going to go. 
But I guess the the higher ups at Berkeley were like, you've got to find a way to like do your seminars online. Like this is two mm-hmm. weeks, two weeks before the lockdown. Like they're right. like, you're going to have to figure something out because we're going to have to, you know, keep things moving here. So um, that was really interesting. And then um, a really cool tidbit I got, you know, I picked up a lot of the tool stuff, man, because tool has been like, I mean, one of my favorite bands ever. Um, do you know they don't record to a click track? Wow, it, I it, did not know that. It makes sense when I think about it. But they don't. Um, he said because... Well, and you've got Danny Carey as your drummer. Exactly. So, so I mean, he's holding that shit down. And what people don't know is Danny Carey was like a huge academic background. Like he went to yeah. high school for music, college for music, right. all this after stuff, studied, you know, orchestra, studied all the jazz and you name it, man. I mean, he grew up, his dad was a musician, so he grew up with all this stuff in his family. So he's kind of like the click track already, right? So they're like, well, if, if Danny starts, you know, ebbing and flowing, we got to just follow that. So what That's they right. what they do do before they go to the studio is they just rehearse the shit out of everything. Um, and then, but then they, they do record it for the most part live. I mean, the drums at least, you know, and then they can go mm-hmm. back in and, and pick up stuff. And they actually said like Tool wouldn't be Tool if we were playing to a fucking click track. Like, even if you had it tempo mapped and all that stuff with all their crazy 21 times signatures and all that stuff, yep. um, he goes, it wouldn't, it still wouldn't be tool because that, that little bit of fluctuation is what makes it so fantastic. Dude. Yeah. I mean, Zeppelin didn't record to a click track sure. and everyone says Bonham's the greatest sure. drummer of all time. So right. it's like, I mean, yeah, I mean, maybe we can have that argument. I, I oh, don't know dude, if that's I, true or not, but I love, obviously love him, he's, but he's you actually, top three I, I've sure. read, I've read, um, they've taken, I've I've seen people have taken Zeppelin songs and then actually um, charted the uh, BPM yeah. on a on like a timeline and to see how much it totally fluctuates and right. shifts is actually alarming. It's like holy shit that like way sped up at this part and way slows down. Yeah. But like when a drummer has the has the chops and groove to hold that all that stuff together, it doesn't matter and in fact usually helps because it adds that like you said that sort of human element to it. I forget who it was. There was a famous musician who said nobody fucks to a click track <laughs> and i was like that might be the most brilliant piece of music knowledge i've ever heard oh, in my entire dude, life that might have to be the episode title right there <laughs> but um and I, I wish i could credit who it was i, I totally forget um you but, should just take credit yourself fuck it yeah I, I made that up so anyways um that was a really cool thing i thought that was really interesting man just because the tool and like how technical they are you you would think and then what happens is justin goes in and then he he follows along obviously with the parts that they've rehearsed but, you know, he'll retract some of the bass if he needs to or, mm-hmm. you know, maybe where there's like a, a flub or whatever. But for the most part, man, I mean, that rhythm section is tracking completely live. So I thought that was just super interesting. Um, let me see. So if cool, man. Was it, uh, was it worth uh, was it worth 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 the watch? Yeah. I mean, you know what it was? It was like I think I texted you during it was it was basically like nine or ten, you know, incredible famous. I mean, Victor Wooten was there. You know, whenever mm-hmm. he talks, everybody shuts up. But it was a Zoom call. So, you know, there's always that weird audio going on and the weird, yep. like, compression thing happening. Um, but, man, when Victor Wooten talks, everybody shuts up. And they did have one more conversation, which we've talked about on here. You know, nothing new. But they were talking about tone. Like, where does tone come from? If you plug two guys into the same amp, you know, would they sound exactly the same? You know, same instrument, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Played the same part. It was. It's going to sound like their voice. And Victor Wooten just, like, shut everybody up in the room when he's like, well, when you talk, does it sound like you? Like, would someone know your voice if you called them? And he's like, that's what music is. You know, it's a voice. And it was just like, everybody just Whoa. was like, oh, man. Like, it was awesome. I feel like, I feel like I'm stoned now. Dude, I, a contact I, think, high I know. Of that. And, dude, that's Victor, man. I mean, so one of my biggest regrets ever happened recently when he walked by at NAM and I didn't even, like, say hey. 
like he walked right by us. We were in line for that Fender yeah. thing. And he walked by and I'm like, oh my God, it's Victor Wooten. And I just like froze up. And I could have like, I don't know. I'm not the guy who like shout at somebody and be like, Victor Wooten. But Yo, Vic! he is like, he's, he's not just the greatest bass player on earth. He's like the way he approaches mentally music and the way he articulates his thoughts and ex- describes things is just, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it Bro, was really a read cool his book. Thing. Yeah, absolutely. Get that shit. Read that shit. Absolutely. Well, I've got a book uh, with him in it. It's actually Victor Bailey's in it too. It's like all these famous bass players. I think it's called just bass or something. I got it when I was like 21 years old. Like it actually changed my life and the way I've approached music. I'd read that. Um, it's fantastic. It's dude. It's actually, it got like wet at some point. It's got mold on it. Like it's just one of those things yeah, where it's dude. like, it's, it's, yeah, right. Got sticky. The pages stick together. <laughs> Oh man. So anyways, aside from like a bunch of dads sitting in a room, it was cool. Uh, shout out to, um, Ray Luzier. He's the corn drummer. I don't know. I mean, I've never heard of the guy. I, I always thought, yeah. I think his name was like David Silver, like the original drummer or something. Dave. Yeah. Dave shit, Silver that, or Dave something. something. Dave Silver is a sports guy. Yeah. That might not be it. Uh, I don't know. I'd Google Dave. it. I have my computer, but I'm not going to. So. Man. Yeah. He was really good. I remember that being my favorite thing about corn. Yeah. And exactly. he was known for his like being very, he was one of the people that kind of made it hip or acceptable for drummers to focus on their, yeah. um, their physical health and their, and their, like, uh, their stamina and all that shit. Like he's a big workout guy because obviously when right. you're like, in a metal band, like playing three hour sets, he like, had the gloves drumming. too. He was all about the yeah, gloves. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, but it, the new drummer is a, is a cool dude. Yeah. So Ray Luzier, it just super cool dude. Um, it was kind of cool to have him in there. He didn't talk a lot, but when they brought him in, obviously these guys all knew who he was. I mean, he's, he's well known in the world, but he goes, he was the opposite. He's like, I never went to school for music. I can't read music. I don't chart things out. I just play with corn and corn, you know, he's played with other bands too, but like corn, you know, they don't write music. He said, which I don't know if that'll surprise you or not. Look, I don't want to, I'm going to sit here and shit on corn. I mean, they, you know, they were a huge importance to me in like the nineties and all that. Um, but he was basically like, yeah, we don't approach anything like the way you guys are talking about it. He's like, we just fucking write crazy songs and our fans love it. And he has to play with Fieldy as his bass player. So, you know, in the bass world, yeah. uh, people say what they want about Fieldy. Um, he's definitely a talented musician. And so what was cool was to have him there and all these guys clearly respected this dude. So they, mm-hmm. you know, when he talked, they they let him get his word in. So it was cool, man. Two and a half hours well spent. I want to thank you personally because you sent me the link for it. I did not see it until after I joined the group. And then I saw a few posts about it. But um Thanks, man. If there's anything else that comes up like that, dude, I'm I'm all in. Yeah, dude. Yeah. So. Yeah. I, well, I sent you one um, <clears throat> about uh, that was last night, but you had a, a family. A family yeah. Uh, so let's talk about that, Zoom man, because I'm really excited about that. Yeah. This one. Um, this is this was cool. Uh, last night, uh, uh, I think it was seven o'clock Eastern, six Central. Uh, the film that thing you do, the original cast reunited for a Zoom call so to awesome. do a watch along. So that's one of my favorite movies of all time. I've seen it at least 10 times, maybe more. Uh, and I was like, all right, well, shit, I'm, I, I know what I'm doing. Yeah. Uh, the, the sort of the catch was uh, that, you know, of course, because they were doing a live stream on YouTube and this is all like a copywritten material, they couldn't actually play the movie with it. They uh, sort of had it in the corner with a timer that you could kind of see what was going on. You could sync it up on. or whatever if you had it. Right. And, and so it, 
I have I've got my dad's login for Cinemax, which is where it's streaming <laughs> currently. But it was also available like if you have it on DVD, sure. or if you wanted to you know rent it for three ninety nine on Amazon. There yeah. were like at any time there were about twenty thousand people in this stream. Um, so it was the band, you know, the Oneaters themselves, Ethan yep. Embry, uh, Tom Scott, Steve Zahn, uh, Steve Zahn, and then Joe, whose last name I can't remember, the singer. Yeah, right. um, then throughout the whole thing, Colin Hanks was there, sort of like playing the role of his dad because Tom Hanks obviously wrote and directed it and is behind the whole Playtone Records thing. He's himself, you know, recently uh, gotten through the COVID thing. So I guess that's why he probably wasn't there. But Colin Hanks was a great resource because he was there for all of it. Um, He was there for the edit. He was, he like went to all the promo stuff. So he kind of saw the whole process and had a lot of really cool insight to add. And then a couple of people popped in and out. Giovanni Ribisi was there at one point. Kevin Pollock was there. Yeah. I forgot he was so, the original drummer. I think right. Giovanni he was the original bass player. He was the oh, player. he was he was he. Which is funny too because his character has a name, but then Ethan Embry's character's name is just TB Player. That's uh, right. So yeah, I remember that. That was, that was fun. Cute. But yeah. it was they, they all. First of all, none of them have fucking aged a day. They oh, all wow. look fantastic. They all wore um, like a you know white button down shirt with a black skinny tie. Were they so in like, separate? And, were they in separate rooms or were they all together? They're all in separate rooms. It was a Zoom call that was being yeah. broadcast live on YouTube. Okay. Um, a lot of it was just them kind of like shooting the shit but also like oh hey here's this thing here's a thing you didn't know about it this is where we shot it like for instance here was one that i didn't i should have taken notes i didn't but the one that comes to my mind you know the scene when they're actually recording that thing you do in the church with like one of their uncles or whatever yeah that's the record played by chris isaac now that i think about it what um yeah, yeah, the uncle's Chris Isaac. Uh, the that church, that stage is the same stage where they shot the the really famous um, like uh, end of Back to the Future music scene where they like play you know yeah. they're like playing the concert or whatever. Yeah, that yeah. is the same church in, or the same stage. Like, I think it's maybe at like some high, Catholic high school or something in L.A. Really, um, same same stage. No shit. So there was tons of stuff like that. Just little like I love that insider man. things. Uh, yeah, I, I really, I really truly hope that there's a way that they release this or saved it at some it point gone? as kind of like Have a riff looked? track because yeah, i right. haven't looked but it was a live stream so right. i don't know it would probably be tricky to have that thing available because again in the corner they did have like the movie sort of playing sometimes with a timer so i don't know it's really it's really sticky copyright wise but honestly like i was having a super shitty day yesterday it was yeah. just like probably the worst day of this whole thing for me in wow. quarantine being alone and then like having this that thing that thing you do having that available to me to watch and like lose myself for a couple hours was amazing and i'm truly honestly super thankful that that even existed and i really hope that obviously like once the world gets back to normal people are going to want to be outside all the time fuck yeah yeah. but also like i hope that because you know we've all gotten a lot better at streaming and we've gotten better at interacting with our webcams and and just doing these kinds of insider one-off things where people are sharing their creativity and parts of themselves i hope that we can maintain some of that in the future because like you know this this stream probably never would have happened if not for the situation that we're in right now but like it was amazing and so many people got a lot out of it and i should add of course you know a bummer a really really sad note adam schlesinger um, from fountains of wayne he passed yeah. recently from covid19 yeah. he is the guy who wrote that thing you do you know was in fountains of wayne wrote a ton of music oh he famous wrote songs he wrote the yeah. song 
he wrote that thing you do. Yeah, he's that's Whoa, so. I did not know that. It was a lot of it was in tribute to him, and then also um, Music Cares, who we talked about. I think that was last week or the week before. Um, they um, it was a fundraiser for them, so like there was you know download or um, donation links the whole time, and then also they had the first test pressing of that thing you do. And they that is currently available for auction on eBay. By the time the stream was over, it was already up to two thousand dollars. So shit. I'm I'm gonna imagine they they were doing it for a week. I'm gonna imagine it's gonna go up even higher than is that. Is it the is it the forty five? Is that what it is? I think it was a full LP. So maybe it was a soundtrack. I'm not exactly yeah. sure. I, okay. I would have to look. But That's it was awesome. the it was the the first original test pressing of it um, that is now available on eBay. I think uh, Tom Scott, even he had some like Ray-Bans on, you know, of course he's shades Um, and he's like, they're not the originals, but he's like, I'm going to try to see if I can actually auction these off too, to raise some more money for it. So it was all for a really good cause. Um, I learned a lot. I got to watch one of my favorite movies with the original cast and it was, it was a pretty, it was a pretty neat thing. And also I'll, I'll, I'll add Steve Zahn is still fucking hilarious. And just like anytime he opened his mouth, I was cracking up. He's such a funny dude. He is a really funny dude, man. That guy was like a huge star. Actually, all those guys were like huge stars around that era. So yeah, um, he told a story about how the day that he, the day that he found out he got the role. Earlier in the day, I guess he had, or well, previous to that, but earlier in the day, he found out that he, um, he had a audition for I can't remember, maybe Thin Red Line, or I don't know. There's some some war movie at the time. Yeah. I can't remember what it was. And he had just found out that he didn't get it, and he was like super bummed uh-huh. out about it. And then he got the call to say that he got that thing you do, and he said it was like the best news of his life, like one of the the happiest moments of his life. Wow, that's awesome. That. And then and the, I mean, just like every time, like even just like. Steubenville? Yeah. Like, he would, like that happened in the movie and then he said it again and just like everyone on the on the stream oh, cracked man. up. I was cracking up. Dude, there's just like there's like a some people are just naturally funny. Like they just say certain things and it's fucking hilarious. He's one of those yeah. guys for sure. He's totally one of those guys. Um, and for some reason he lives in Kentucky. I don't really I didn't really get you know to the bottom yeah, of that. I mean, not, yeah, I guess you don't have to live in Hollywood, right? Like, or L.A. Or Everyone whatever, else on right? the stream definitely did. <laughs> oh, oh, that's the one thing I want to add before, yeah. we, before we wrap this no, up. Yeah. Um, so, you know, obviously they're all just, like, in their homes or whatever, and uh, they all clearly have, like, nice homes. And Tom Scott, he, like, has the original snare drum still, so, like, he would hit that every once in a while. Oh, cool. But it seems like Ethan Embry is actually like a legit musician and in the background of his shot and, like, his, you know, nice room that he was in sure. or whatever was a kind of funny couple of amps including a, a mesa dual rectifier half stack yeah baby with an orange cab Ooh. and then some sort of like ampeg maybe solid state i couldn't tell what it was mm. um like you know with the 410 so he had like rig. he was in his studio probably or something yeah yeah totally oh that's awesome actually i love looking at the backgrounds i don't know about you but like when you do these live streams especially with uh, those guys i was talking about before it's cool to see like oh what is a professional like actor or musician's actual room look like you know yeah um it's so like a podcast i was listening to recently had tom green on and i didn't really tom green has like a whole studio like he's actually like a kind of a musician oh really i had no idea yeah it was just really neat to see like the baffling you know and all the uh he had some amps in the background and stuff and i was like oh that's kind of cool to see you know like i don't know um i also wanted to talk about the gear and uh that thing you do i think they did a really really great job of obviously I think everything they were playing at that point was reissue instruments, but everything was, you know, um, period correct for sure. Believe it or not, it actually wasn't all reissue stuff. Really? Um, yeah. So like in the, when, when they start off, uh, you can see, um, 
I think uh, Steve Zahn's playing. He's like a silver tone yep. Yep. Uh, with a 1446 four, uh, or 1466. That's all. That was vintage for mm-hmm. sure. Um, I think actually everything was the Dan Electro bass. Um, what's his face? Um, Joe, I always forget his last name, the lead singer. He played, uh, it was like a... They didn't really get into it too much, no. but you know, of course, that's that's what we care no, about. No, we noticed it. Uh, he had, I think, I would, I want to guess based on my Gibson knowledge, it was, I want to say, it was a '59 special. Yeah, uh, you know, Les Paul special that he still ha- he actually busted out. He still has that. And then there was there was a, there was one interesting anecdote because then later on, of course, you know, TB player, he's playing that jazz bass with yep. the. It still has like the, the, um, stack the cover over it. Yeah, and then. Um, uh, Steve Zahn plays a Jaguar, um, and then there was that scene towards the end, and, and quick sidebar, one of the things that they talked about that I never really considered, but that is super true about that movie, is that it's so uplifting and happy and positive, because when you think about it, mm-hmm. there's no bad guy in the movie. Like, yes. the, the closest thing to a bad guy is the lead singer, and that's just because he yeah. doesn't treat Liv Tyler well. You know, right, like that's right. really the extent of it. He's not like actually a villain. But there's the one scene towards the end when when he quits, and he's like, I quit, I quit. Yeah. And he's and he and this was something that he added. He wanted to be restringing his Rick. He played a re, a Rickenbacker. Which I've recently it's come to my attention a lot lately that it's Rick and Backer, but I still can't no, bring myself to say that. Don't say that. Uh, <laughs> but, but apparently, that's like the correct way. I just don't give a shit. Right. Uh, I think it was a 360. I think you're right. But yeah. he he his thing was his character. He decided really loved this guitar, and so like even though he was having this horrible conversation where he was like shitting on his girlfriend and like quitting the band or whatever, he wanted to be like he he was restringing it. Like he he decided, cared more like, that about his not, guitar than like he, he loved that guitar, that's but awesome. he did not want to. He, Is he, that so in the scene? Is he, it's is in he the scene. That? You oh, see him restraining. I gotta watch yeah. this again, man. I haven't seen yeah. it in a couple years. So. And he said that Tom Hanks made him reshoot it probably like 15, 20 wow. times because he couldn't get the framing right. He wanted he when he realized what was going on, he wanted, he to, wanted like, to to have that as be that. clear as possible in the scene that like he loves his guitar. And, like, oh, even though he's cool. having this horrible, ridiculous conversation, he's restringing his Rick. So and, and let's that was not a let's decision. not forget uh they bring in that bass player, what is it, the Wolfman at the end? The Wolfman. And That's right. uh he's playing a, like a fifty eight P bass and I it looks like a reissue, but I can't tell. I gotta see it again. But it that might be an original too. I they mean. didn't really they didn't really talk about that. And that's the other thing I wanted to talk about um coming out of this. So mm-hmm. um while that happened, uh a really uh, just uh, like I mentioned, we don't need to we don't need to pity me too much here. Yesterday was just a really shitty day for me. Yeah, man. And while while the stream was going on, I get a knock on my door. Oh. I'm like Nobody knocks what? on doors here in Chicago, by the way. For anybody listening, that's not like a normal thing. Yeah, unless it's like unless it's like the I don't know, like the The, the police. The police or the energy <laughs> company is there to, to have oh, to yeah. like, Maybe the gas join, man, right? join our podcast. <laughs> Actually that happened. That happened while Stingray was on the podcast. Yep. Well, guess what? It was Stingray knocking on my door. Oh, that's because awesome. Because he and his most lovely girlfriend, Kate, who I've known both of them since high school, um, they um, they had some stuff to drop off for me. And and it was just like the greatest surprise ever. Wow. Kate handmade me some some masks to use when i'm half when i have to go out in the world oh fuck yeah so dude. yeah it's like it was just like it made me feel so good to, that just like they decided they they had to, you know they were out for some reason they were driving home and they decided to drop this stuff off for me so kate made me two masks um they're both reversible i i'm gonna probably do some sort of like funny instagram fashion shoot with them yeah, because man. i think they're awesome what a crafty um, couple yeah. Oh, totally. And then, and then also in the bag that they gave me uh, was <laughs> this is ridiculous, especially during the time of quarantine. But I now own a wireless unit for my guitar. Oh, you're gonna need that. 
<laughs> it's so ridiculous. So I, I don't what know about it? you, but what are the specs? It's a, it's a Sennheiser. I didn't even look at what it is yet. I know it's old. Who just um, gives someone a wireless unit? Wait, what's going on here? Did Stingray, he because he, I know. you know, his company, like they have, oh, they, they're, right. they're legally not allowed to use them anymore. Right. The bands that it operates within are technically illegal bands. So I'm probably <laughs> um, sort of implicating myself right now. But like because T-Mobile, I guess, bought all of this particular fr- frequency range, um, you're not supposed to be able to use them for guitar stuff anymore. So like I can use it at home, I guess, but also it would be illegal to use it like in a real professional venue. Mm-hmm. Um, but so, yeah, not only do I now have wireless for the first time, but it was just like the best surprise in the world while like I'm starting to feel a little bit better and making a little dinner. And then I get this knock on the door and just like two of my friends who I love, who I haven't, you know, I haven't seen other than you. Like I haven't seen anybody really in yeah. fucking over a month. I know, man, whatever. it's gotta be weird. And so they both had their masks on and we all stayed six feet away. And like, I just sort of stood in my doorway and they each kind of like took a spot uh, further away. But we had like a 15 minute conversation yeah. and just like caught up on shit and talked about stuff that, you know, of course the quarantine bullshit, but also just like stuff we normally would have talked about, like mm-hmm. random audio shit and, and cables and whatever. Dude. Um, so that I wanted, I wanted to take a little, a quick moment just to, to personally thank both Stingray and Kate uh, for, for making my day yesterday. Cause that was amazing. And I'm going to go for a little, go, go for a little walk after this and, and bust out my mask for the first time. I just been doing the bandana thing. Cause yeah. I didn't have like a regular mask to wear, but they're reversible. And yeah, um, me let's too. See, one of them, yeah. one of them is got, um, uh, Oh, that was the other thing I'll add. They also brought Kate's dog, Lucy, who, um, oh. you probably know Lucy just from having recorded, you know, with, with, um, at her old house and, Actually, believe it or not, Lucy has a credit on a Volcanoes Make Islands record, oh. which is my old band for those who don't know and that Dave was in because she mm-hmm. can be heard barking in the background on one of the tracks. I remember and I thought that. it was like yeah. the coolest thing ever and I left it so Lucy is credited on one of my albums. Um, but it was her it was her 14th birthday. Aww. Yeah, old girl. So they were I guess the story is that when they first got her, she was, you know, they, she was a rescue of course and very very skittish. She's like a little wiener dog looking thing. I don't know exactly what she is. Mm-hmm. Um, but so they couldn't they couldn't get her to calm down at all and they were driving home and Kate and her mom stopped and got her a, a cheeseburger from McDonald's. And that was like the first sort of peace offering where she like accepted it and was kind of like being like, okay, these people are going to be all right. So now every year on her birthday, she gets a McDonald's cheeseburger. So they were going to stop and go and get that burger for her after, Aww, uh, after that's leaving. That's fantastic. Me. I know. Man. I love it. It was that, so dude. nice to see her. And yeah. And, and, but anyway, so the, the masks that they made me, um, the reversible one side is like space stuff. The other side is like little wiener dogs like Lucy. And then the <laughs> other one is like flowers, which is probably my favorite. And then the other side is foxes. Oh, hell so, yeah. um, I'm you pretty can interchange them with uh, different outfits and stuff. Yeah, dude, you gotta do. You gotta keep the quarantine fits. I'm um, telling you, man. I've been dressing up. I, I dressed up last night for a um, for a Zoom call. I put on. Oh, a, you did? Yeah, I put on a collared shirt. Took a shower. Did my hair. Like it's very important. I think during this time, especially if you live with somebody like you know your wife, you got to be attractive, man. You can't just like slum around. Like I talked to a buddy whose wife was like, "I haven't showered in four days." I'm like, "That's disgusting." Like, don't. Yeah. I mean, you know, I know I mean, you don't I have get to it. leave, but like. It's, it's easy to fall into that, but every time that I've, even though I don't live with anybody and it's just me and my right. stupid cat, um, I, every time that I have just been like, you know, it's time for a shower, I felt like a thousand times better after yes, it. So that, exactly. that's great advice. That's what like I'm saying, prioritize man. showers, still yes. try to eat right, still try to exercise if you can. Everybody knows this stuff, but maybe maybe it helps to hear it every once in a while. Um, um, dude. That's, so yeah, that's that thing you do. That was really awesome. I hope that they... They keep that shit uh, up the on the internet, and also, Singeray, man. and that's also badass. thanks, thanks to my friends. I was gonna say, uh, uh, 
if when we finally have our repeat guest, it's got to be Stingray, dude. Like he's oh, like a, he's like a legend on this podcast. I think we talk about him pretty much every episode. So he's got to come so. back, and he's got so much knowledge, and he's such a cool guy. I actually have. I wasn't going to talk about this today, but you just reminded me. I have like a project that I thought about, and Stingray would probably be the guy um, because I don't know he can do pretty much anything with involving guitars. And I think I sent you a I sent you a photo of that Telecaster with uh, with the guy from Herman's Hermits playing it. Yes, the uh, the with the the super so, awesome Paisley. So it went down a rabbit hole on uh, one of the one of the threads on Facebook or whatever where I, where I first saw it. And basically it's a, it's a late fifties telly neck, but it's got this like black paisley, but like the paisleys are like purple and pink and green and like mm-hmm. all these different colors. Beautiful. So it's, it's unlike anything you've ever seen. And, and during that time, somebody dated it. Cause there's a, there's an amp in the background. It's like a mm. old fender and they're like, Oh, that, that amp is between a 66 and a 68. So we could pretty much date the picture there. Plus, it's a color photo, and you could tell by the jacket that he's wearing, like it's like late '60s, you know. Man, and, I'm I'm honestly I'm kind of upset with myself for not noticing that because I would have also been able to identify that if it, if you're yeah. saying '66 to '68, that means the end of the blackface era. Right. Exactly. So that's how somebody knew it was like a what are the drip edge or something like that? Is that that one? Drip edge would be the drip edge is the first iteration of the silver face. And I era. think this was a late blackface, to be honest. Okay. But um, anyways, I I saw that and then. So I, I start thinking to myself, like, okay, the, the 68 Paisley was out. Like, the pink Paisley guitar was out in the world, the Telecaster, which everybody knows, you know, it's, like, really hard to find. They're $25,000. CME yeah. had one, I think, and may, they might still have it. Um, oh, yeah. the, well, there's the one, there's the story about the one that I think we talked about on the podcast that was a, a black over Paisley that right. Brad Paisley himself Brad Paisley, bought dude. and then was going to refinish it to Paisley that's and then realized that it actually was already. That, that's one of my favorite fucking stories. He took off the yeah. shitty refin and the original yep. Paisley was underneath. Like, that's yep. insane. So this thing has like this crazy back black Paisley. Well, somebody was like, I was like, well, okay. At the time in late sixties, people, people were stripping finishes, but they, they were refinning guitars you know, for the most part, like at auto shops and like wherever they wanted. But this thing looked way too intricate to just be like a homemade refin. So I'm kind of like, all right, did Fender do this for him? But then why would you they do could it? Have. Why would you do it to a late fifties though? Right. Cause like it's a late fifties telly. So like usually what people would do is buy it new and then have Fender do it right. you know, to their specs. And then, you know, that would be the same year, uh, you know, pretty much. Well, I started thinking about it and some guy was like, no man, like somebody probably covered it with paper the way they did Paisley's right. Cause that was right. the yeah, original it was way. It was basically wallpaper. So mm-hmm. man, would I love for Stingray <laughs> to refin like a guitar with like wallpaper and then like overspray it. I think, Oh, you know, so he could do that. Fucking amazing dude. I would love him to, especially like a telly would be pretty easy. Cause you know, there's no edges. They're kind of just, well, I mean, there are edges. Yeah. It's, you know, so I, it got me thinking, and I was like, man, that would just be, you know, you know how you always have, like, projects in your head where you're like, yeah, one day when I'm 75, yeah. I'll commission somebody to do that. Kind um, of like my 12-string that's been processed <laughs> for, like, a year because I've been dragging my feet on it. Yeah, exactly. So maybe have the 12, well, the, the wood is too beautiful, but maybe, you know, something like that would be, I don't know. It just, it was so cool to me that I'm like, oh, so we got this weird mystery body on this thing with some finish that I've never seen before. Yep. It just blew my mind. I don't know. I couldn't stop looking at it. People were like... Everybody had their theories about it and stuff, but... Um, well, Stingray, I'm sure you're listening. Get to work, motherfucker. Yeah, yeah. Well, Time to I'll, make David Paisley tell you. I'll, I'll buy you the uh, wallpaper. How's that sound? We'll... Yeah, he has, to, <laughs> he has to supply the guitar, though. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So, um, yeah, that was just kind of a cool side note. When you brought nice, up Stingray, man. I was like, oh, I totally forgot about that. So Yeah, dude. 
All right. Well, uh, that was probably the longest symphony of corrections in our history. So <laughs> we're still moving right along, aren't we? Books. Yeah. What do we got? I'm going to jump into the riff library here. Let's do it. Uh, pretty quick. Um, this is going to be the first. Well, first of all, I'll add there are multiple recommendations here because two records came out yesterday that I'm super stoked about. But I'll say that this is the first edition of Riff Library where I do not yet, and, and I emphasize yet, own the physical copy. Oh. Um, and that is the first one. Um, might be the best album I've listened to, I don't know, in, in, a, in the last year. And it is the new Fiona Apple record, Fetch the Bolt Cutters. Oh, okay. Dude, it is insanely good oh shit the songwriting is incredible for, i'll add like i'm already a fan of hers i think she's possibly one of the most underrated musicians oh, of our time for sure um the songs are incredible the production is fucking mind-blowing it sounds so cool dude like part of it's super hi-fi and everything's you know mixed and everything's super separate and everything but then also just like the way that it gets nasty and crunchy mm-hmm. and the anger and energy that she has in, in a not quote-unquote heavy music uh, everyone needs to go listen to it it's on spotify it's on all the shit it's so i i have it, it impacted me deeply like Did i it just come I out haven't felt is it, like, new? it just came out yesterday yeah oh, wow. um, so friday um this will be you know out on monday so a few days when this comes out but it's brand new just came out fetch the bolt cutters go listen to it um the same day um, not quite as earth shattering to me, but also um, still very good. And, and the pun is intended on that because um, the name of the record is Earth, and that is by Mr. Ed O'Brien from Radiohead. His Ooh. first solo record came out yesterday. Wow. Uh, I, I had heard one of the singles coming into it, and I thought it was cool. I believe that song is called Brazil. Um, but it didn't like, you know, it didn't knock my socks off or anything like that. But then this morning, I actually listened to the, the entire album, and it's also super cool. It's, you know, it sounds like a record that you would imagine someone in Radiohead that isn't Tom York maybe um, would make. Interesting. But that does, isn't to take anything away from it. That's actually, in my opinion, a good thing because I love Radiohead. It has more sort of like, I would say, early Radiohead moments, a little bit more Brit pop, a little bit straightforward, but then it does go into some of the, cause Ed O'Brien adds a lot of sort of textural stuff in the band. He's not like a main songwriter. He's not like a main riff player necessarily. He's usually adding the kind of fancy stuff that you're hearing and pan hard left and right. A lot of sure. the times right. there's a lot of that going on, but then there's some really sort of introspective, um, uh, thoughtful, straightforward acoustic type stuff too, and then sort of sort of dancey electronic stuff. It's it's a great listen. Uh, it, he just goes by EOB, um, so it's EOB Earth. It's on Spotify. Nice, it's on dude. the shit. I'm gonna be buying vinyl copies of both of those for sure. I just haven't yet. Um, leads me to the, one of the last things I want to say about it. Um, I've decided that um, since I obviously we've taken a little pivot from the original idea of the Riff Library, which was for me to talk about books every week. I just haven't been able to keep up with that. Sure. Uh, what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna create a Spotify playlist with any time I make um, a record recommendation in Riff yes. Library. I'm just gonna put that album in this playlist. Playlist, and then I'll I'll embed that uh, on our site gearbudspodcast.com as well as you know of course if you use Spotify you can just follow the playlist um, so then every week now you'll have another another record to listen to on the old Spotify that's a great idea man and I I like to listen to shit on shuffle so I'm just gonna shuffle like the whole thing you know? shuffle it up yeah uh, last thing I'll say and this should actually um, today, today so this is we're recording this Saturday today's the 18th. Mm-hmm. Um, Everyone's favorite holiday, of course, 420, 420 is on bro. Monday when this day is going to, when this episode is going to be coming out. Um, one thing I'd like to say about that, um, it hasn't happened yet, but on 420, 
Dr. Dre's The Chronic is now going to be widely released on more streaming services. That So I think right now it's maybe only like Tidal or Apple Music or something oh, like that. Oh, really? It's going to be on Spotify. It's going to be on all the shit in celebration of 420. And that is just one of my favorite albums of all time. It's We've talked about it before. Literally, the, like that and Get a Grip were the two albums like I owned. Like I owned two CDs when I was a kid. And that the chronic is so near and dear to my heart, man. So dude, it's badass. So now on 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 four twenty, you can uh, maybe celebrate with your favorite green products and listen to the chronic on street on Spotify. And I think I might break my weed embargo and uh, and join in, yeah, and get after it on four twenty and listen to the chronic because man, I love that record. The twenty sack uh, pyramid. There it is. Like it has all those little skits, man. That's what's so great about that record. It's so fun to listen to. It's a it's a full complete experience, and I've only ever owned it on cassette tape. Yeah. So um, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm going to get down with it on Spotify. But you know what? School, That's man. the Riff Library, man. Good job. Man. I am going to uh, I'm going to kick it over to you for Dave's docs, dude. I'm going to throw you a curveball today, man, because we love were, it. We were talking about it earlier this week, and I go, I think this counts as a Dave doc, motherfucker. I watched This Is Spinal Tap yesterday. Mm. Okay. Like, first of all, I'm just going to preface. This is probably my favorite movie of all time. Wait, like, have we not talked about Spinal Tap on here before? We've probably talked about it, but I didn't Dave's doc it. It's never been a Dave's doc. It hasn't right. been logged into Dave's docs because it's it's not technically a doc. It's a mockumentary. Right. Um, Dave's I mean, mocks. Maeve's mocks. I don't even know what to say about it because I've seen it so many times now that like... It's your favorite movie, right? I don't want to just like... It's it's absolutely my favorite movie, favorite comedy, favorite movie of all time. Like it's just it means a lot to me. Like my brother showed it to me when I was very young, and it's 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 the reason I realized watching it yesterday. Like from a Dave's Doc perspective, I was kind of trying to be like more gear, you know, notice more gear, kind of like sure. get some of the stuff. But the the thing I really noticed about it, if you're a fan of like The Office, that is like why that dry sense of humor and like just those little tidbits where like you know how you can just sit down and watch any episode of The Office, and it, you'll still catch stuff. You know what I mean? Um, Or or those old things that were kind of funny are even funnier now. This movie is the exact same way. I mean, it's just, I never get tired of watching it, man. I literally, it ended and I was like, first of all, it's only like 115 minutes or 110 minutes. I'm like, I could just watch that whole thing again. Even through the credits, they're still like doing, you know, bits and stuff. It's just, it's fantastic, man. Um, Any gear tidbits to share? Yes. So there's a scene... There's a scene they keep going back to where Nigel's in the room. It's the one where he's wearing the green skeleton shirt, or it's the yeah. you know his skull's green. The X-ray of his yeah, of it's his, his exact skeleton. exact inner structure. <laughs> so, dude, so he starts showing off some of these guitars, man. So yeah, there's dude. just nothing but guitars in the background. Yep. And the one where he's like, um, he's like, Shh, the just, sustain. Just listen, that's a '59 fucking burst. That's, that's a burst, called, baby. Yep. I mean. Motherfucker. And by the way, this movie was made in 1982. That was still a valuable guitar. You know what I mean? Like the Fender it thing was, kind of It was hit nothing like it is now. Right. People were, people were still like fucking, I don't know, hacking them up and putting Floyd Roses and shit on there. Yep. But yeah, that was still a very expensive guitar. So he's got this like mint fucking burst just sitting there. I mean, that's probably, you know, one of the rarest guitars in the world, I would say, or one of the it hardest sure to is. find, you know, definitely one of the most expensive. Um, so that was really cool. And then this, the scene where he's like, He's like, he's showing off his guitars and he's like, you know, don't even look at it. You can't even point at it, you know, because he's mm-hmm. like, this one, I never even took the tags off. That's a Fender Bass 6. And that's got Oh, the, it's uh, a Bass 6? I a, never noticed yep, that. It's a green with a matching headstock. It's, um, I want to say it's like Placid Blue, but I think it's actually like, um, what's the other? Turquoise? The Ocean Turquoise color? Sherwood? No, it's not that deep a green. It's more of a bluish green, like a, it's Ocean Turquoise, I think is the technical okay. color for it. But anyways... 
I've seen that guitar around the internet. I've seen like how many of those really exist nowadays, you know? And I think last one I saw, like somebody was selling it for like, you know, $50,000 or something ridiculous. But anyways, that's the guitar where he's like, don't even point at it. I'm watching with Mandy. And I was like, that actually is like a super rare fucking weird guitar. Like, it's kind of cool that that's the one they chose for the movie. There's a 335 sitting in the background. There's, you know, and Henry, I'm going to hook you up, man, because I've got that movie on VHS, DVD. I think I've put my money in to uh, Spinal Tap. So I'd be happy to uh, provide you with a copy of that movie. um, Yeah, it's weird. I think I... I, you know, at a certain point, I can't remember now. I was never the biggest DVD buyer, but I did have a pretty decent DVD collection. But at a certain point, I just sold them all because I was like, I never, ever use these. Yeah. And I think I want to say I had Spinal Tap at one point. Like, yeah. I, I can't say for sure, but I, I that might have been one of the few that I actually regret selling. Well, and during this quarantine time, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to. Do my do my duties, and I'm gonna hook you up with that, man. Because you gotta dude. fucking watch this movie, man. It's I mean, been it's too just, long. It's so good, dude. And it's like, and again, all the gear, everything. Like I think um, David Saint Hubbins, you know, he's like the main mm-hmm. guitar player. Yeah. He's playing like a, I think it's like a '61 SG or something. It's just got like the single pickup, like the P90. What model oh, a is junior? that? It's a junior, I think. Yeah, that's exactly what it is. Um, it's white. It's really cool, man. White with the black pickguard. Yeah, and obviously, like you know, uh, my boy Derek Smalls playing bass. Her- Harry Shearer. He wrote. You know, yep. they all wrote it. It's just such a fucking cool movie, man. I just, uh, I don't know. It just warms my heart to watch that movie. So, dude, that's a great one. I I can't believe that. That's. I I have a feeling that we've talked about it at least once or twice before. But it, you're right. It's it's never been in the in the, the official Dave's Docs. I list think the last time we talked about it, I still hadn't watched it in a while, and it was cool to watch it recently and just be like. Oh, I, I got to talk about this, man. It's yeah, just dude. such a gear-filled, great fucking funny movie. And anyways, Great one. Yeah, so there you Everyone go. Everyone should go watch it. Unfortunately, in my investigation, I found that it's not available for free streaming on anything sure. right now. You can pay. But it is, it's you like know, three bucks on Amazon. Three bucks, yeah. yeah. Just get it. It's worth it. Dude. Killer Dave's Docs. Um, you know what, man? I feel like we're going pretty long here, so I'm gonna I'm gonna okay. cut to the chase. There's there's only really one thing I wanted to get in a bit um, at the end here for in future gear, which I guess is maybe sort of future gear, um, and that's the fact that I uh, I put a song out this week. I wanted to talk about that. I was hoping you were gonna get to it. Yeah, I, you know it's weird. It's weird to like I don't know puff myself up so much ah, about something like that. But song, I feel man. like the Oh, thank you, dude. I appreciate that. It's the sort of thing where the, at least the process, uh, maybe not the song itself, is is worth that much discussion. But the, I think just like sort of how it came to be and and went out in the world and stuff mm-hmm. is uh, in this time of quarantine something worth sure. worth talking about. Let's, so let's discuss. Yeah, man. You know, I've been I, look again. I feel like this is like the the Hank feeling sorry for himself episode. But I've no, just man. been in my feels about some stuff. Went, I've been thinking about you, buddy. Because you know, and you you know, you're by yourself over there. I, I think about yeah. you every day, man. It's like I appreciate uh, that. It's important to um, check in on people, and you know, I hope you're doing okay. No, I I am, and I, and I appreciate that, and and others others have checked in, but you know, I'll just quickly say that this time has definitely brought into focus the people that do really matter, and and sure. and, and and you're you're absolutely near the top of that list. So Thanks, appreciate, man. appreciate that, man. I appreciate you, brother. Um, so, so let's yeah, talk about the song. What what see. brought it on? Like, what was the inspiration? Yeah, you know, going through some weird shit with my with my. I don't even know, significant other, um, soon to probably be no longer just based on how things are going. And I was, uh, look, I'm a, I'm an emotional kind of guy. I tend to, I tend to wear my heart on my sleeve and me and you and, both, uh, man. Yeah. And, and, and I would say that that's probably one of the, one of the things I like about myself, but it also leads to some, some extra emotions and feels and such. And, and I've been playing guitar a lot, I think probably like all of us right now, but, um, hadn't been super focused. I'll say, mm-hmm. um, it's been hard for me to kind of like 
sit down with a purpose and and create with intention. Sure, uh, I've been just playing a lot and jamming, and my 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 chops are great right now, and and all that stuff. But just like I hadn't like finished a song in a while, and I, yes. I'm a songwriter. Like that's imp- an important thing to me. And um, actually, I have got to give you credit because I think that really the the impetus came out of a conversation that I was having with you one night. We were um, just like texting bullshit back and forth as we usually do. And mm-hmm. oh, that's right. And I think we were maybe it was we we're talking about that Jeff Garland article. Yeah. And in that article, Jeff Garland mentions that he um, his he thinks the greatest guitar player on, on the planet is our our good friend, mine and yours, and friend of the podcast, yeah. Mr. Nathaniel Murphy. Right. And um, which he might be actually one of the greatest guitar players on the planet. The oh, I've I mean I've uh, I'll die in that hill. Yeah. Yeah. Um, for sure. And that kind of just like I was like, man, that you know I love Nathaniel, and it just kind of inspired me to because I earlier in the day. I'd pick, I'd been playing my nylon string that Taylor and I just hadn't really I'd never written a song on it I hadn't really like done much with it I just sort of like jammed on it a little bit and I was mm-hmm. like you know what I'd been working on this riff earlier that I liked I thought was pretty cool you and I were chatting about it I was like you know what I'm just gonna oh and that's right and somehow like capoing came up or maybe there was like a video with a capo in it sure and I was like you know what maybe I should try that riff with a capo okay and I did, and all of a sudden, I threw the capo at the third fret, and all of a sudden, it just came to life. It was just like, holy shit, this is the thing. Shit. And you're like, dude, just like send it to me. So then I, like that forced me to kind of think about what the parts actually are. So then I did, yep. and then uh, and then you're like, you should like record that. And I was like, okay. And then <laughs> so then I actually like sat down to come up with some vocal melodies for it, which is not a thing that I've done in a while because in my in my current musical ensemble, like I'm not the singer. I just I just play the guitar and write the music. Like Mark right. handles that kind of shit. And so it'd been a while since I'd really kind of thought about vocal melodies. But again, because I'd been going through some shit that I had on my uh, had on my mind, it was like it kind of all started to flow out. Yeah. And it was pretty incredible how for me, like how quickly it started to come together, like just this like random guitar riff into being more of a thing that has like a verse and a pre-chorus and a chorus and a bridge and stuff. Like it didn't really take that much work. It, it was one of those things where sometimes you have to really labor over something and like and sort it out. This was this is one that just, just sort of it just kind of glued itself together. It kind of glued itself together. And and yeah, like of course I had to then go back and rethink some things mm-hmm. and, and think about pacing and all that sort of stuff. But within within those couple hours, like most of the structure was there and then you know of course that led to me like recording it on my phone listening to that a bunch of times then i was like you know what i'm gonna like i'm gonna do this so i sat down the next day and just like tracked it all i i laid down um the nylon string that taylor um i mic'd it up with the uh, cam 184 and the sm7 which is like kind of a weird combination but i tried a bunch of different stuff and that was just like oh. by far the coolest the coolest like both i just lined their capsules up almost exactly pointed them both to the 12th fret and then i panned them left and right when i got Beautiful. to the mix Hell yeah um uh the vocal the um did you record it on the nylon string then or did you play it on i did okay yeah wow. i know it's it's it sounds great it, it took me a while yeah, to it doesn't get really it there. sound nylon-y it sounds like you know well it sounds like your style is what it sounds like well know? i appreciate that i i, I wonder what that means uh, but i <laughs> well, guess we never like, know what our own style well, is I'm, I'm gonna get to that but yeah i want you to finish but remind no, me thanks, man. You, i have an idea so i, I like ideas um, yeah, so the nylon is sort of like the main track, and then I did my vocals on that warm audio U forty seven clone, which is just like love God, that I thing. love that mic. I've, I've had I feel the pleasure like I finally, to it's amazing. yeah. Oh, and dude, that's another thing we should maybe talk about that next episode. We got to finish those tracks. Um, mm-hmm. 
I, that one that that mic is a little finicky because it's a tube mic it's pretty hot and it can and it can kind of overdrive on itself pretty easily so I, I finally feel like I've hit the perfect chain with it where I went from that into the and this is all universal audio plugins I use the Neve 1073 unison plugin um, as the preamp no EQ and then that into a um, I was trying a bunch of different compressors I wanted to hit get like a nice compression sound on the way in to sort of control it and even it out um, wound up on the empirical labs distressor which now I've decided I need to own the hardware version of that because it does fucking everything it sounds so good yeah and so actually now that I think about it um, the guitars like I said were the cam 184 the Neumann mic and then the um, the sure sm7 those both also went into the Neve preamps and then also into uh, empirical labs distressor compressors so on the way in I just hit a preamp and a, and a compressor and then that was that yeah um, got it to a pretty good place um you know didn't really add much it was really just like one guitar track sort of spread out a little bit then i was like you know what it needs something so then i added i I busted out my sg actually uh, my sg classic with p90s and i plugged that direct into my kemper um into a patch that has like a, a whole bunch of crazy sort of like octave reverb and then I layered that in. Um, that adds a lot of ambiance and and some like more high end content. Threw a little bit of mix together, slept on it. So that was just sort of it. Yeah. Um, next well, you, day I sent you bang that out in like a day. That mix. Yeah. Maybe. So the the record was a day. Recording was a day. That like it, I don't even really call that a mix at that point. Um, that was just where it la- where it landed. Mm-hmm. Hit up our uh, our good friend Stingray, who we've already talked about, as well as our good friend Dan Liu, and sent it to both of them. And I was like, hey, I'm kind of like you know. Um, behind the looking glass on this thing uh, can you can you give me any mix tips and i've got to say that was like the best thing that happened um in, in the whole thing because like dan is and, and stingray too but dan in particular came up with just like truly truly excellent feedback that really changed the shape of the song it was much wow. more straight up just like guitar and vocal um didn't really have much of a build to it um mm-hmm. like it, I, I hope it does now and, and different changes and decisions yeah. that i made so um he gave me like a big long list like he really listened to it a few times like hey do like try this do that try this do that and mostly it was just mixed stuff but then there were a couple of things it was like hey it needs maybe like an extra bit of high-end content here so like I don't know, maybe that's a counter melody. I wound up adding a tambourine instead, or make, maybe it needs a little something to move it along, like some extra percussion. I added, at, went back and added hand claps. Like I just retracked myself clapping along three different times, panned them out, pitched them around a little bit. Um, so that was the next day was, was, was the mix. And I feel like I did the thing, which I normally do, which is really helpful um, for me. I just like bounced a version of it down, saved it on my phone and then went for a walk and just listened to it a bunch yeah, of times. That's a good one. Um, and, and hear a bunch of different things and made, you know, like, Oh, maybe I should change that vocal. And I didn't end up changing any of the vocals or maybe I should change this guitar part. I actually thought about even replacing the nylon string with the Martin, um, going steel string on it. But, um, because it was just like kind of wimpy and flat sounding, but I basically just went back, um, added a little saturation, EQ'd it a bit different and widened it out, used some wideners to kind of make it feel a little bit bigger and i think that was kind of the that was kind of the trick that it needed yeah um so landed landed on the mix and then um i was like well all right so i've got this song done don't know what i'm gonna do with it like i'm not gonna just like send it to this girl and be a weirdo like maybe i should just like (laughs) maybe i should do something with it and i had to actually for the first time in a while like go to a store i had to go to fedex to get because i don't own a printer i had to have some tax documents printed Mm -hmm. so i brought my gopro with and i was just like I don't know what I'm going to do with this. Like maybe I'll just like video myself walking around. It's so, like the first time I just like literally just, it was just like me walking, yeah. um, listening to the song. And I was like, well, that's, that's stupid. Um, I'm going to just like, I'm just going to do a single take, like me sing along to it, 
maybe I'll be able to use it. Maybe I won't. And, and actually turned out kind of cool. Like I, uh, it's just me walking down the middle of the street because there's fucking no cars in the streets right now. Right. Um, just like walking home. There's from, snow on from the ground, FedEx. which is kind of funny. It was, it was actually snowing during, yeah. during it. You can't really see, uh, that in the video. Yeah. Um, and then, and actually at one point the sun comes out and that was like wow. pretty amazing. Um, but yeah, so I just put it all together. Uh, I was like, you know, I, I had some major self doubt about it. I'm gonna be honest, man. Like I was very close to being like, and which is something that happens with most songs that I make and finish. Like most I songs that everybody never, makes, man. I just know? decided to never do anything with it. Right. And I was like, you know what? I'm just like feeling kind of, I don't know. I'm feeling separated and isolated right now. I'm just gonna put this on Facebook and Instagram, and like, you know, maybe a couple of people will check it out and and they'll let me know what they think. And like, I don't want to say. I mean, I don't want to like over exaggerate things but like it's the most response i've gotten from anything that i've made and yeah. maybe ever That's like amazing hundreds of fucking comments and likes and shares and people like asking me to send them the spotify links i was like right. dude, i don't even you had to go make a spotify account. <laughs> i had to go i had to go i had to go sign up for a TuneCore account yeah. to like upload it to all the sites and all that shit which is still you know that takes a while so that's still in progress right now but like had to make a facebook page like i've done yeah it, like i had to come up with artwork for it which was sure. weird like it's just like this it, it was a really nice feeling to put something out that i was really insecure about and even just like the fact that i was seeing which i haven't done in, in, in like a project in a while right. and and to get a positive response from it felt really fucking good man well Man, it, first of all, I have to say it's fucking awesome. Everybody has to check it out. It's it's Travails is the artist technically, right? I mean, yeah, that's what, you, I'm, that's what I'm calling it. That's I love me. it. See, okay, I had a couple couple thoughts while you were talking about this. And first of all, I think you have to finish the other Travails stuff. At least a couple more songs. Yeah, they, you've heard that stuff. And and what I was saying earlier was like it sounds like you. Those songs sound like you. I played bass on some of those songs. Like you did. They, so you know, let's get that shit out. But it sounds like your style. That Travails thing. That's like an actual approach you have. Like that is your signature artist sound to me, you know, because that's I think when we first started jamming, what, just over a year ago, you know, you yeah. were teaching me those songs. And, you know, that is like when you sent me this one, I was like, dude, this fits right in. So the fact that, the you know, you got to strike while the iron's hot. People are asking, where can I get this? You know, release another one next week, man. People would love to hear it, man. I'm telling you. And right. it should maybe, give you some I'll motivation to, to finish it. Um, the other thing I was going to say was, what do you think, and this is more of like a general question to artists uh, who are listening, what do you think, are we, are, do we spend too much time on things sometimes? Like the fact that you crank this thing out in what, less than a week, right? Four days or something. And yeah, you kind of uh, just said three, three or four days. And, and I'm not, I'm not trying to use the term good enough. Cause that's obviously like there's demos and there's that type of stuff, but you go, sometimes you just have to put the thing down and move on and just get to the next part. And then you said, well, I got to do some art and you sent me a photo and you're like, should I use this? And I was like, yep, just keep it. Like the first thought should always be kind of like the best intention, I think. Right. I think that's a good point. Yeah, it's it's a matter of trusting your instincts and like yeah, cuz we I think we all, I mean any artist, any real artist has got a whole bunch of doubt. Well, it's stomach, never done, right? Like real art is never completed, I it's, guess. And it's something. never done. Yeah, right. so I I gave myself a little bit of a timeline and I was just like I want to have I want to have this mixed. I want to have it done by Wednesday. Right. I think was the, the So day. is there so is like there I started on Monday? Is there something to be said about getting it done just to get it done so you can get it out to the world. Cause I do look, I'm not going to name the artist, but I worked with a guy who we recorded a, an album six years ago now and it's still not done. Yeah. Like it's, 
and there's always absolutely like, man sometimes you just gotta things, let it go and it's like jesus man this is really good stuff we've got to release well, something it's tough to it's it's especially tough when you're working on your own like i was because right it's really hard to maintain to perspective of what's good or like mm-hmm. especially when you're having to like view it through your um, own eyes you know your own self-doubt yeah so having someone that I, that I like Dan and Stingray that I mentioned yes. that, that gave me like really solid mix feedback, which was what I really needed. I, the song was there. I just needed mix feedback. Mm-hmm. Um, to, ha- to have that was, I mean, it, w- it wouldn't, it would not be what it is now. And I'm not going to sit here and say it's like some amazing creation or something. It's just a fucking pop song, but like it, it would not be as cool as it is now if I didn't have those people. So, well, who you knows? Know, find, yeah, you might've gone in your life. You might've gone back and changed the entire thing. If it was only up to you, you know, you don't or, know. Or just released it as it was in the sort of more right. boring state or like maybe done nothing with it whatsoever. Sure. Um, I, I, I guess maybe there is that sense of accountability too, because I had put it out to other people that this thing exists that I'm working on and like, and, the, and then they took time to actually work on it too. That made me feel compelled to actually finish it and, and to, feel like I needed to do something with it because you know there's there's now there's like this little bit of it's not pressure but it's like there's this there's this idea riding on it that this thing is going to happen well especially a time like right now especially a time like right now when there really is technically no pressure we've got to almost create pressure for ourselves to get some of this stuff done totally you know what I mean and I and again I I think I, I think it's fantastic man so I'm I'm excited to hear more I really wish you could uh, finish the rest of this stuff and like, let's get out two or three more tracks, man. I think it's, it's a fucking sound you have dude. And like nobody else does it like you. Dang. Well, I appreciate that. What is, I mean, I think, I feel like you were going to touch on it earlier and I'm very selfishly curious. Like Mm -hmm. how would you, like, what do you, how would you describe it? Like, what is it? Does it remind you of anything or like, is it, is it reminiscent of something to you? Cause I have no fucking clue. My big, honestly, I'm gonna be honest. My biggest concern is like, I just don't want it to sound like Dave Matthews band. Like that, as long as it doesn't sound like Dave Matthews band, then I feel like I'm okay. As long as, as long as you don't sound like Dave Matthews, you won't sound like Dave Matthews band. (laughs) You and that's not that really quote. to shit on Dave Matthews band. No, like he's obviously no. a super megastar. I just don't want well, to, to be, be that fair. Personally. So that's, I guess that's kind of a funny analogy because that does go along with what I'm saying. Dave Matthews always sounds like Dave Matthews band, right? Like yeah. he'll, he'll perform with uh, any other artists and stuff, but you'll always know it's Dave Matthews singing and stuff. What I, what stands out to me about your music, I, you call it a pop song. Um, uh, for me, a pop song is a four chord progression that changes into another two chord progression or a four chord yeah. bridge, you know, that type of stuff. I think your, your fucking guitar playing on that is just like, it's, I don't really know what to call it, man. Cause you're playing some seriously cool guitar licks. Like somebody couldn't just pick up a guitar and be like, I'm going to play the fucking Travails song that Henry wrote. Like that's not, I bet Nathaniel could <laughs> Nathaniel might be one of the only ones. Actually, it'd be cool to have him cover one of your tunes, man. Oh, but, I uh, believe me. I have sent him all have you? all those songs in the past to be like, hey, uh, not this one, but right. in the past, I've been like, hey, like if you ever want to come up with some, yeah, stuff, if you ever and, get bored, you know, <laughs> if you ever want to play some guitar. But I'm telling yeah. you, so the, what stands out to me is the obviously excellent guitar playing, um, and then the vocals are cool. I, I I just think I wouldn't call it a pop song. I don't know. It's like it's kind of emotional, and I don't want to say emo because you don't sing emo, so it's just got this technical aspect i mean it's a little bit like acoustic proggy in a way i don't know dude that's awesome i love that i don't know just because because i can't play guitar like you can so when i hear someone play even like the you know these riffs which to you might be simple i'm like i don't know what to call it anymore like to me it's like i might as well be jazz or something you know so i I fucking love it dude i think it's i think it's very original and again i think people you got to put out another track man people want more you know dude that's my thank you yeah man so uh, that makes me feel pretty nice good i hope it does man because i'm just being truthful and uh 
you know what, we're going to, we're going to be here in this thing for a little bit. So, you know, we got to keep putting out, putting out media and content, man. People are consuming right. so much. Stuff I'm going right to put now. a, I'm going to put a line in the sand right here. All right. By next, by next episode, I will have another travail song. One more travail for, for the world. They're pretty much done already. If you use some of the ones that we worked on, you know? Yeah. So. That's going to be the challenge. I haven't, I don't know. I'm going to have to go back and listen. Cause I know that I was actually pretty proud of some of those recordings, but I don't really remember what they sounded like or if it like will make sense with this one that I put out already. I want to um, ask you this. Do you, and yeah. this is kind of a, another cool, like general artist question. Is it harder sometimes to go back to an old song and finish it rather than just start something new? Way harder. Yeah, oh, yeah right? Dude. Right? Isn't that weird? Especially, I mean, and and some some guitar players I know or songwriters, get, like anything that they've ever played, they just like can instantly recall it. That is not me. Like no, I have to go back and either. relearn shit. Oh, and especially yeah. when it's in my weird tuning that I like, some of these songs were written as, as I was still sort of getting my sea legs with it. Like, right. I don't know what the fuck I was doing. Like, I'm going to have to actually spend time to relearn. I think I still know some of them because you and I were actually jamming them for a while. Like sure. that should come back muscle memory, but yeah, man. I don't know. I don't know, man. It's yeah, it, it can be tough to to just like remember, not even just like physically, but where you were emotionally, because I think that's I think yes. the thing that if I can get that take a step back. back from that song, mm-hmm. that you know, Youngblood song that came out this week, like I think the thing that people connected with it, some people maybe liked it because there was like intricate finger style guitar or whatever. Yes. But I think really it's a fact that I was honest and and it was coming from a place of like true emotion. Yep. So it's it can be difficult to reconnect emotionally with the thing that you maybe tracked a year ago right. like when you were in a completely different headspace and sure. you know in a different relationship or whatever the fuck was even going on in especially, your life like, especially on vocals like vocals yeah, almost exactly. have to have that feeling behind it. like you could you could slap together some guitar and stuff if you have to but like Oh, I've got hundreds of hundreds of those, but you know, <laughs> right. maybe only a couple that I would consider decent vocally in, in that way so yeah. you're right man shit man you just blew my fucking mind that was a that was a good episode right there, man. That was a burner, dude. Thanks for uh, thanks for letting me uh, talk about my whole myself a whole bunch there. No, we're gonna dude. have to we're gonna have to spend some time uh, one of these upcoming episodes talking about some hot bloods and some easy yeah, demon stuff going some, on because I know you're working on some shit. Yeah, we've got a lot of interesting stuff going on. And again, I think it's like, man, I, I don't know. I I don't want to keep going back to quarantine, man. But it's it's a really interesting thing. I think some of us are thriving in like, especially the creative types are being like, okay, I'm stuck. I have to create something you know, and like, and especially getting it out, man, like people are taking up more media than ever right now. So, yeah, and, and I was in a place, honestly, especially like with my band where I was just feeling so blocked where it was mm-hmm. just like, you feel this pressure because you have all this time. And then, it, and then that just made me not mm-hmm. for some reason. It's the opposite. Um, it's like, it's so like it's, slamming it in reverse while you're on the highway, you know, dude, exactly. I don't want that alternator to drop out. <laughs> uh, I don't know shit about cars. <laughs> Transmission, but about. yeah, we're close. All right. Yeah, transmission. That's the thing. And alternator. Yeah, that's the thing that starts the car. That's the thing. Yeah, that's it basically runs battery. your battery and all your power. Yeah. Yeah. But um, so, you know what? Car man? talk. Let's fucking yeah. We'll end with some car talk here. Um, no, but it's uh, I'm proud of you, man. I, I I'm proud of you for releasing that track, man. And like, and again, it's people notice when something is real, you know. And it's kind of like this podcast, you know. I think people like it because you know it's real. We talk about real shit on here sometimes, you know. We don't. It's not scripted. It's not. You know, we don't have an agenda. We just go off the cuff you know and i it's think it's definitely that's, not scripted that's <laughs> <laughs> scripted so and then he said yeah yeah exactly awesome. all right buddy well love you i love you too man